things that the world may look over, uh, but he'll use in a mighty and powerful way. And uh, so we do praise the Lord for that. All right, take your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. And uh, I'll give you a second there or two to find that. But 1 John, uh, not the gospel, but the epistle of 1 John chapter 1. When you find that, go ahead and stand with me uh, in reverence to the Word of God this morning. If you're physically able, if you're not physically able, we sure understand that. Uh, but uh, just got uh, the first four verses that uh, I want to read. And uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Uh, before I read, let, let me just make a comment. I, you know, the, the pursuit of... of happiness i suppose uh, of joy i guess i'm still kind of uh, still got some things concerning our country on our mind you know with elections last week and just things that have been going on not going to be making this a political uh, sermon or anything but just with that thought i suppose that all people uh, saved or lost no matter what they might believe uh, desire to be happy um, uh, satisfied if you will uh, content i suppose would be a good word or just having peace um, yet the problem is many of us, and, and I, I'm guilty of this myself, even as a saved man, uh, but in the, the pursuit to try to find you know, peace or contentment or happiness or our lot in life, we tend to go about it all the wrong way. You know, we're, we're looking in the wrong places, and we're not understanding some things. And this is just going to be a simple message this morning. I think sometimes we make things so complicated, don't we? Uh, sometimes our problems seem very complex, and they may very well be. But I want you to understand something, that Jesus Christ can fix anything. And I don't know what it is that you're going through. I don't know what obstacle you got going on. But I want you to understand, I know sometimes people look at this as a cliche, but it is a profound biblical truth uh, that Jesus is the answer. Whether you're saved or not saved, Jesus is the answer to your problem this morning. And I just want to preach this morning on the word of life, that is Christ. So notice there verse 1, the epistle of 1 John, verse 1, chapter 1. says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. Now, the apostle John, he is many, many years old by now, possibly 100 years old. He's looking back possibly even 50 or 60 years uh, when he beheld Jesus Christ with his own eyes when he walked with the Lord and ministered with the Lord and certainly was there when he died on a cross and was there when he ascended back up to heaven. That's what he's talking about. He says, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, uh, and our hands have handled the word of life. Now that word of life is in reference to Jesus Christ. For the life uh, was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. All this has to do with Jesus Christ. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard declare, just underscore that word declare, we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. He said, you know what? Jesus Christ has impacted my life. Jesus Christ is why I live. And he says there, I'm declaring it, that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, Notice verse 4, this is what everybody wants. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. I say again, the answer to your problem tonight or today is Jesus Christ. Father, we ask your blessing upon the preaching and reading of the Word of God. Lord, we'll be looking at some other scriptures this morning. And Lord, it's not my intent to just oversimplify this, this, uh, uh, this phrase that I'll probably say many times, Lord. But it is so true. 
And again, Lord, I know not hearts. I, I don't know what uh, people are going through, what they've been had to face this past week, but you do. You know all about it. And so, Father, I hope and pray now that we'll be able to kind of quiet ourselves, Lord. And I know sometimes we have to tend to, to children, and, and sometimes things happen, Lord, that uh, we can't help it. But, Lord, we just pray that if, if it's not necessary to go in or out, Lord, that we'll try to do the best we can uh, in that area. And, Lord, that we'll focus in on the, the preaching of the Word of God. And, Father, that uh, uh, you'll help us to understand what you'd have us to understand. And, Father, help us to know that you've brought us here to this point in time to this very moment, Lord, uh, because this is a message that we all need to hear. And, Lord, even the speaker needs to hear it as well. And so, Father, I pray that uh, we'll, we'll respond when the time is given. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead uh, and be seated. Just simply entitled the message this morning, The Word of Life. And, of course, uh, understanding that we're talking about Jesus Christ. And uh, we certainly, when we think about the Word, we certainly, our minds should think about the Bible as well. And uh, we, we take a, a, a pretty high, uh, high assessment, that is, of the Bible. Amen? Here at Central Calvary Baptist Church, uh, we, uh, the Bible was very important to us. Uh, sometimes you'll hear me say that your attitude towards the Bible is your attitude towards God, because it is God's Word. And so the Bible that I hope you have with you today that you hold in your hand has a lot of purposes. And, uh, but the underlining purpose of the Bible is to reveal the word of life. The underlining purpose of the Bible is to reveal Christ all the way from Genesis to Revelation. It is about God manifesting manifest in the flesh. It's about Jesus Christ. And so I say again, the word of life, that is Christ, is the answer to the problems that you might be facing today. And you say, well, I'm saved already. Well, I don't know about you. I've been saved, uh, got saved late in life, but I've been saved for over 20 years. And um, I still have a lot of problems. <laughs> Amen. And if you don't believe me, just ask my wife. She'll, she'll tell you about all kinds of problems. Well, I hope she don't, but she could if she wanted to. But I just simply want to preach about Jesus this morning. And, and again, we understand that the Bible teaches us that we have a triune God, uh, uh, we think of the Godhead, and not going to talk about all that today, but we have the Father, we have the Son, we have the Holy Ghost, and not that we have three gods, but one God, and uh, all these coexistent, co-equal. Uh, they all three, if you will, because there's only one God. They've always existed. Jesus, Jesus didn't come to be when he was born as a babe. He was manifest in the flesh as a babe. But Christ has always existed. He's eternal uh, past, uh, certainly eternal future as well. Jesus Christ, again, God the Son, uh, became a man without ceasing to be God. And Jesus Christ became a man so that he could, uh, uh, so that man could certainly come to God, but also that God could come to man. And I believe if you study the Word of God, you would see that. Uh, sometimes I've heard preachers say, and, and I, you know, I don't beat them up too bad over it, but sometimes they'll say, well, he laid aside his deity. I don't believe Jesus laid aside his deity when he became a man. I do believe that he laid aside his glory for a season and robed himself in human flesh and that tabernacle of a human body uh, and uh, would go to Calvary and die on a cross for the sin of the world. I, I believe that. And, and so that, this, this word of life, that's who I'm talking about, uh, Jesus Christ. And, and according to what we do with Christ and our relationship, fellowship with him is going to have a huge outcome on our quality of life. And we see there in verse 1 that Jesus is referred to to the word of life. 
Uh, we don't have to turn there, but the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14, we looked at it during Sunday school, tells us that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Paul would, or uh, John would say that. And he certainly did dwell on this earth. But again, I want to ask you just a simple question. I may ask it again. Are you saved this morning? And if you are saved this morning, are you, are you yielded to the Lord? Or are you, are you separated unto the Lord? And certainly we have to have time to grow. I'm not talking about being a, the perfect Christian. There really is no such thing. But what I'm saying is if you are saved, is it having an impact on your life? Amen. Or are you just kind of doing what you was doing? I, I just want to challenge you and get you to think about some things because the word of life, that is Christ. Listen, he makes you a new creature. Hey, listen, you ought to be different than you used to be. Amen? And by the way, you, you ought to be closer to God today than you was yesterday, but not as close as you will be to him tomorrow. Amen? In other words, this is something we need to be growing in the Lord. And, and the word of life, again, with all that said, should have preeminence in our life. And if he has preeminence in our life, he is the answer to all of mankind's problems and situations, no matter how small or how great. So again, do you know him? And if you do know him, are you serving him faithfully? And so we're just going to jump right into this. Just three things that I want to try to point out. Just a few things concerning the word of life. That is Jesus Christ. And let's talk about the manifestation of Christ. We've already talked about that. And I believe that's the context, really, of these first four verses. It says there in verse 1, the Apostle John, looking back over many decades by this time, as Christ's earthly ministry that he was privileged to be a part of. He says, "...that which was from the beginning which we have heard." Uh, and which we have seen with our eyes. Could you imagine that? Which we have looked upon with our, and with our hands handled of the word of life. Hey, listen, if you're saved this morning, you too will get to handle the word of life someday. You'll get to touch those nail-scarred hands, amen? You'll get to look into the eyes of that one that died for you. Uh, but, but John saw these things before uh, he would actually even go to the cross. And he says in verse 2, For the life was manifest, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest unto us. In other words, he's talking about always has with the Father, but was manifest uh, to them. And the Apostle John is comparatively, of all the people that have been born, he's one of the few that could say during Christ's time on earth, I was there. And boy, what a tremendous thought that is. And, and we find John again many years later, possibly close to 100 years old, maybe even a little older, uh, many years, decades by this time have even passed since, he had returned, since Christ had returned to glory. But Jesus Christ, the word of life, listen, was still real to John. Amen? He was real to him. And certainly we understand why. And I have to think that although many years had passed by, when John talked about these things, it had to seem like it was just yesterday that he had spent time with the Lord. I, I just don't think that's something somebody would get over, amen? Uh, certainly that is something that he carried his whole life, even uh, being uh, uh, in exile there because of his faith. Uh, and, and it was just like yesterday that he was introduced to this man that he thought at first that was called Jesus. And, but John said, I heard him speak. And, and one time I even laid my head on his bosom. And John had beheld his glory. Again, the glory of the only begotten Son. And John saw the word of life. He saw Jesus. Certainly had saw him manifested. But he also saw the word of life die on a cross. He saw him die, bleed and die. He was there. He saw that blood drip from the cross onto the ground. He heard the groans of the Savior. He heard him cry, it is finished. 
He saw these things. He heard these things. John saw the word of life. But John was also there when the tomb was found empty. Amen? One of the first ones. John had, would go on to see the risen Christ. And certainly he saw the word of life. That is, he saw Jesus Christ manifested. And he was real to him. Jesus was real to John. And here's the thing, guys. I want you to understand, Jesus should be just as real to us today as he was to John then. Amen. You know, all there is concerning Jesus Christ, let me ask you, is, is Christ real to you? Some of you young people, you've got parents that have done the right thing and brought you up in church. Amen, that's great. But I think sometimes young people are brought up in church, they, they don't really see Christ as being real to them. They see Christ as something they're used to hearing. They see Christ as something that, that they're used to seeing and reading about. They said in the Sunday school classes, praise God, that's, that's the way it ought to be, amen? But sometimes we have a hard time, you know, really seeing that Jesus Christ is real and that Jesus Christ can, can work in my own personal life, amen? And he can, and by the way, he wants to. He wants to more than you realize, more than you know. Is he real to you? And again, all that's concerning Christ. You say, preacher, what do you mean everything? What do you mean all? Hey, listen, as believers, we ought to know what we believe, but we also ought to know why we believe it, amen? Hey, listen, if, if Jesus Christ is just some kind of Bible character, somewhat kind of fictitious in your mind, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Uh, he just, you know, historically there might have been this man Jesus, I don't know. Uh, but listen, if, if Jesus Christ, if the word of life is not real to you, you're going to have a hard time in this world, I'm just going to tell you right now. You're going to have a hard time with, with a lot of things in life. So it's not that just we believe, we all know why we believe it. And, and sadly, there's a lot of people that, that don't know why they believe what they believe. They, they have a religious air about them. But when it comes to really knowing the word of life, I, I have to wonder sometimes. And by the way, you know, I mentioned America. I, I'm not going to, you know, I got on my rant last Sunday. I'm not going to go back on that again. But, but uh, I believe as far as mankind is concerned... This is really the only hope we have is Jesus Christ. It's the only answers, the, the only answers we have to life is the word of life. And a lot of us, even believers, we're looking in every direction but towards the sun. That is the S-O-N. And that's troubling. And uh, I think a lot of our, our younger people that are following us are, are paying a price for that. And I even believe for America. The hope of America is not in those that we vote for. Our hope of America is in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. The word of life. And hey, if you want to be a good American, start being a good Christian. That'll help America more than anything. Amen? I said I wasn't going to get there, so I'll stop. But I believe Christ was real uh, you know, to our, uh, our founding fathers even. In other words, it wasn't just a philosophy or a religion that they took. You know, there's a lot of great men in our history, not just the founding fathers, but, but a lot of great men and women in our history that have had a huge impact on even our own country, not to mention the world. But what made those great people great was that the word of life was real to them. Jesus was real to them. And if you read their biographies and read some of the things they said, listen, the, the manifestation of Christ influenced their thinking Jesus Christ, the word of life, influenced their decision-making. 
And in, we're, by the way, today we're still riding that wave in America because of that. But I'm afraid we're losing it. And it all has to do with our treatment of the word of life. And only a blood-bought, born-again, sold-out-to-Christ people, uh, again, is going to be what turns the world around, even the United States around, because I believe that's what it was founded on. So the manifestation of Christ changes lives, and certainly it changed John's. And by the way, it can change your life as well. Amen? Hey, listen, God doesn't love anybody else more than He loves you this morning. Isn't that wonderful? God, hey, listen, I don't know if you're saved or lost. I don't know if you're saved or lost, but I want to tell you something. God loves you as much as He's ever loved anybody. Isn't that wonderful? Somebody should have shouted on that deal. Amen. Number two, the declaration of Christ. We've seen the manifestation of Christ. Let's look at verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Let me just simply ask you, do you tell others about Christ? I hope that you do. Do you try to get the unsaved uh, to join you and Christ in fellowship if you're saved this morning? You say, preacher, I, I love Christ with all my heart. And I hope that you do. And if this is true, then you ought to be telling everybody about him, right? I mean, if you really love something, you talk about it a lot, don't you? It's been my estimation, my experience, that even those that don't really talk a whole lot normally, when they have a subject that they're really interested in, they don't have any problem talking about it. <laughs> I mean, they'll, they'll tell you all, all kinds of things and give you all the details. I mean, you hear the excitement in their voice. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I've got things I like to talk about too. But we'll often speak about those things which we love the most. I say again, we'll often speak about those things that we love the most. Things we have knowledge about, things that we're skilled in. We, we like to talk about those things. And all I'm saying is, I'm not saying that's wrong, but all I'm saying is we ought to know Christ. Amen. We ought to be interested in Christ with that same zeal that we get excited about talking about Jesus to others. Amen. I think that's so important that we understand that. Let us get to know Christ better and better each day that we may declare Him, particularly unto a lost and dying world. I think that's important. Once Peter and John were told to hush up about Christ, he said, y'all quit preaching. And they would tell them, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. They said, we can't help it. <laughs> it's going to come out. Every born-again believer ought to have that same, same attitude this morning. Amen. Hey, listen, if this old world's robbed you of that, you, just, you need to trust Christ. Amen. You need to quit letting the world talk you out of stuff that Christ has told you to do. Bless God. There was a stirring in their hearts. And, and many after that, a burning in their soul to declare the word of life. You know, you show me somebody who regularly, who regularly declares uh, the word of life, and, and I'll show you somebody who's happy. I'll show you somebody who's content. I'll show you somebody who has peace. Somebody that always has Christ on their mind. There's just an air about them, amen? Their countenance, their, their attitude, their demeanor. Hey, listen, it's, it's easy to recognize. And people who declare the Lord Jesus Christ on a regular basis, they're fun to be around, amen? Amen? They're approachable. They're loving. 
Uh, they're kind-hearted. Why is that? Because they, 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 Christ has been manifest unto them, and they're declaring Christ to others. It's not something that they have to force themselves to do. or you know, It's just a natural response to the love of God in their hearts. Amen? Hey, listen, loving God is the greatest motivator of service there is. A preacher never has to push and prod somebody that really loves Jesus to serve. They just do it. As a matter of fact, sometimes a preacher has to kind of woe them back a little bit. And by the way, as a preacher, I'd a lot rather have to hold somebody back than to keep, yeah, come on, come on, amen? Oh, the love of Christ, I'm telling you. Hey, when he becomes real to you, it's life-changing. Praise the Lord for that. And Again, it's a natural response to the love of God in your heart. So I ask again, do you really love the Lord? More specifically, do you declare him to others? If you're not declaring him to others, I, I just want to challenge you this morning. And we're, we're going right along here. We've looked at manifestation. We've looked at declaration. Let's talk about the transformation of Christ. That is our transformation. You see, when you love God, it, it ought to do something to you. Amen? Verse 3. Look at verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write unto you, that your joy may be full. It's amazing to see the transformation of somebody that's lost in their sin uh, into a child of God. That's something that a, a believer, we should never, you know, listen, we hear about somebody getting saved, it, it ought to do something to you, amen? It ought to excite you. Now hold your place there uh, in the book of 1 John. We'll be back in just a second, but I want you to turn back to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. Just want to share a little something with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Just, uh, you know, just to kind of remind you, I mentioned a while ago, I got, a little, I got saved late in life, as in my 30s, and, and uh, you know, some have heard my testimony, some maybe not, but, but I, I did what lost people do, and, and uh, uh, praise the Lord that I got saved, amen? Praise the Lord I didn't die uh, before that happened. But uh, these verses, you know, certainly uh, may speak to our hearts in different ways, depending on how long we've been saved, what we've been exposed to and not exposed to. Uh, but I want to tell you something, you know, lost is lost, amen? If you're lost, you're lost. You might be moral, you might be better than the next person, but if you don't have Christ in your heart, you'll go to hell just like anybody else. But it says in verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Know ye not that the, un the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? These are talking about unsaved people. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covered covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now I read that not to preach on those things, but for those of us that were saved late in life, uh, not saying we did all those things, but we were among those on that list. Amen. Think about it for just a second. In other words, you, before you were saved, uh, you, you were part of that bunch mentioned there in verse 9 and 10. You say, oh, I wasn't that bad. Well, <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> Amen. Hey, listen, we, we are not just lost, but we are hopelessly, desperately lost. And our righteousness, the greatest thing we could ever do on our own compared to the righteousness of God is like filthy, dirty rags. So we're all sinners. We're all lost until we get saved. Amen. But I say that not to, to bring this out, but I just want you to understand that being lost is a terrible 
terrible place to be, is it not? And again, as a grown man and married and even had children before I was saved, listen, there, there are times I shiver. There are times when, when it breaks my heart. There are times that, boy, I wish I could go back and change some things. But, but praise God, I am so thankful that God saved me. I'm so glad that I'm not, I'm not in that bunch anymore, not because of what I've done, but because of what Christ has done in my heart. The transformation of Christ is a wonderful thing. And I'm not anybody special. He'll do it for whosoever. Amen? I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ is the answer to any problem you might have today. Amen? Amen? And certainly this kind of life is something that the believer should want to stay away from. Amen? We don't want to be like a dog and return to our vomit. We need to stay away from that thing. Uh, we need to keep our children far from it. Amen? Again, I think of our country, wouldn't it not be better for America if these lives like these could be transformed? That's the hope for America is to see people saved. <laughs> Amen. This is why I think there's still hope, even in America. Look at verse 11. Here's why the, the hope there, verse 11, 1 Corinthians 6. It says, and such were some of you, were, that is. Notice what it says, but you are washed, but you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. There's, there's the hope, amen. There's the hope for whatever you're facing today. There's the hope for Missouri. There's the hope for the world. There's the hope for America. There is the hope. Listen, it's the word of life, amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, listen, if Jesus Christ can save you from your sin, if Jesus Christ can keep you from burning eternally, eternally in hell, hey, listen, He can fix that problem that you're facing today as well. It's all about Jesus Christ. And you may wonder, preacher, are you sure you're not just oversimplifying some things? Hey, I don't know what's so simple about Jesus Christ dying for the sin of the world. Somebody tell me where that's simple. It's simple to understand and believe. But what he did was not simple. You say, preacher, I just think you're, you're, you're really oversimplifying some things. You may wonder, is the answer to your problem, is, pre is preacher just saying, listen, just, uh, when I start focusing in on, and really turning my life over to the Lord, things, things will get better, things will be fixed? Yeah, I believe that. I just simply believe what God says. Is the word of life the answer to all your woes? Is the word of life the answer to every problem you may have today, whether you're young or in between or old? Yes, yes, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ really transforms lives. It's not just about being saved from the penalty of sin. That is instantaneous. It happens as soon as you believe. But Jesus also will begin to work a work in your life, saving you from the influence of sin. That's what sanctification is all about. That is a process. But it's all because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we could do those things. And it transforms lives. That's really what it all boils down to, folks. The answer to life is not as complicated as we think it is. We have made it complicated. We have let, you know, uh, people whoever it may be, talk us out of, of things that God says, and we have just really made it a lot more complicated than what it really is. You know what the answer to your problem is? You're not doing what Jesus says. That's the problem. Amen. You say, well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm an innocent victim. You might be an innocent victim, but you're not responding how God says to respond. 
It always boils down. Hey, listen, if, if you're struggling tonight, you've got to start today. You need to start doing what God says. Amen. The answer to life is the word of life. It's the person of Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know about you, uh, but God's really been blessing in the ministry. Miss Anita mentioned a while ago, we're having some folks step up and so forth and just excited about that. The prison ministry up in Licking is going well. We're seeing some people saved. And, and uh, so, praise the Lord. I, I've been, I've really, God has been blessing and, and excited. You know, I like this time of year and, and uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Daughter will be coming home from college pretty soon, so I'm excited about that. But preachers, you know, sometimes we can get bogged down, you know, just like everybody else in the cares of this world and even the cares of the church sometimes. Those things happen, and, and like I said, right now, God's blessing, but, but I know that there's been times in the past, and it'll probably come again. There, there are times when, when, I, when I get a little frustrated, you know, sometimes preachers find themselves having to deal with those little foxes that are nibbling at the vines and and uh, having to do this and take care of this and worry about that. And, 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 you know, you're trying, and that's all part of the ministry. I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm just saying that it's there. But sometimes those things, just like you go through, we, we can kind of get bogged down in some things. And I found myself sometimes maybe even saying it out loud. It's like, Lord, all I want to do is just preach the Word of God and see some souls saved. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's what I want to do. That's, that's, that's the simple thing that, that God has called me to do, amen, is to see people saved, to preach the Word of God, not only from this pulpit, but to go out there and live my life and you know, hand out tracts, what have you, tell people about Jesus, amen. That's, 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 that's my purpose, amen. And sometimes we can get bogged down with other things, take our focus off of that. But all I want to do is I want to preach the Word of God and see souls saved. And you might not be a preacher, but you still should want to share the Word of God and see people saved. And I tell you, when you, when you, get, that, when you get that focus and you get that love for the Word of God, it's life-changing. It changes all your decision-making. It changes all your choices in life. It changes what you're going to be involved in, what you're not going to be involved in, because it's all about Jesus. Amen. Hey, I've been transformed, and now I want to declare it. Amen. It's life-changing. And a lot of it has to do with our love for the Lord and understanding what He's done for us. And I'm here to tell you, folks, it's really just that simple. It's really just that simple. I, I, I don't see anything in the Bible that would refute that. So the Christian life, in reality, shouldn't be a complicated thing we, because of our lack of faith and our carnality and you know, I, I'm convinced that a lot of Christians, if you, if you go by what Paul teaches in the book of 1 Corinthians, a lot of Christians today would be classified, as Paul would put it, uh, carnal, uh, worldlings. They're saved, but they're spoiled, and they just have not grown in the Lord. They're immature Christians, and life gets complicated. You know, a Christian is happiest when we keep it simple. Now, I don't want you to mistake in that for laziness or ir being irreverent or the, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Joe Cool attitude. You know, that, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, I believe things like compassion and zeal, being busy uh, for the Lord, those are things that are a must, uh, you know, in the things of God. I believe that. But what I mean by simple is, is that just, you know, really verse 4 sums it up. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. And, and, and folks, you know, again, I go back to Christ. 
But I go back to the Bible as well. All the answers that we need and all the guidance that we need certainly is in the Word of God. It is seen in the manifestation of the Word of life even. And the Christian life is really a simple concept. And when you live it right, it'll bring you joy. Doesn't mean you won't go through hard times. Doesn't mean that you won't suffer loss and, 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 and things will happen. Heaven knows they're still going to happen. But we're not talking about happiness. We're talking about joy. And joy is, not, joy is not measured on what I'm going through in life. Joy is based on my relationship and my fellowship with Jesus Christ. And the whole world might be falling all down around me. But I've got Christ. Amen? That's the joy. That's the simplicity of it all. I believe the Christian life is a simple concept. And when we live it right, and what I mean by living is we trust what God says, it'll bring joy and peace in your life. Boy, now I don't want you to get me wrong. I'm failing at that. <laughs> I get as uptight as the next person about things. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm way short of this, amen? But I want to be. I want to be. And Christian life is just this. You know what the Christian life is? It's communing with God. And when you truly commune with God, whether it be through the Bible, and by the way, you can't commune God without the Word of God. Amen. A lot of people go out there and want to talk to nature. That's not God, okay? This is, we're talking about the Word of God. And we take the Word of God and we take prayer. Hey, listen, we commune with God. I'm just trying to get you to understand when you regularly commune with God, it has an effect on your life. And when you don't commune with God, it also has an effect on your life. So we're to commune with God through Bible, through prayer. We commune God, commune with God uh, by being a member of a local New Testament church. A local New Testament church is a group of baptized believers, people that have been baptized because they're saved. Where we gather together, we read the Word of God. Uh, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It goes on to say that the man of God, the woman of God even, might be blameless. I think that's how it goes. In other words, complete. That is the Christian life. And by the way, when you de-emphasize church, you're de-emphasizing a lot of things in your Christian walk. And there again, you are going to struggle. And those under your leadership will also pay a price too. Are you engaged? Are you plugged into the carrying out of the Great Commission? You see, everything that we do here, folks, why do we need Sunday school teachers? Is it just because we need to teach some people? Yeah, we need that, but it's part of carrying out the Great Commission. Why do we need uh, uh, nursery workers? Why do we need all these things that we need? Why do we need those things? I'm here to tell you so people can hear the gospel. Amen. Now, I don't know what reason you might have that keeps you from doing that, but I guarantee when you stand before God someday, it's not going to fly. Amen. I mean, we're talking about our privileges. We're talking about what I want to do, our happy... Hey, listen, God is talking about souls. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I ask you again, is the word of life real to you is jesus real to you i hope he is i hope he is has he been manifested to you 
In other words, are you saved? And if you're saved, you declare his name on a regular basis. Are you truly, when I say transformed, none of us have arrived yet, but are you in the process of being transformed, amen? Hopefully you're a little closer to him today than he was yesterday, right? You know, do you have joy? Has the Christian life become too complicated for you? Here's what we do when the Christian life becomes complicated for us. We have to choose. I can either be more faithful or less faithful. Typically, we, unfortunately, we choose to be less faithful. You should never be doing less for God than you was before. I want to say that again. Unless it's physical reasons, we understand age and those types of things. Providential hindrances, okay, so don't come up to me afterwards. But I'm just saying, if, if, if it's just a matter of lifestyle choice, decisions, and I find myself being less faithful than I was before, I'm just saying there's a problem. I'm just saying Christ is not real to you. Because if he was real to you, you wouldn't treat him that way. Amen. I believe that. And it's such a joy to be a Christian. It's such a joy to serve him. The word became flesh so that man, number one, can be saved. But the word also became flesh so that we could commune with him. And when you commune with God, it always has, a, has a, uh, an effect on you. And the end result of that is that we're being used to carry out the Great Commission. Amen? And we do that certainly through the local New Testament church. I think that is so important. I'm done for this morning. Again, the title of the message was simply the word of life. What is Christ to you right now? Right now? And that's a pretty broad question. Hopefully he's a lot of things. But first of all, I hope, I hope he's your Savior. If he's not your Savior, we're going to give the invitation in just a moment. You can come down here and get my attention. We don't, we're not going to embarrass you or draw a lot of attention, but we'll just get somebody to take the Bible and take you off the side there and show you through the Word of God how you can accept Jesus Christ through faith and be forever saved. If you're here this morning and you are saved, but maybe you're, you're struggling in the things of life, I'd, I just want you to understand that Jesus is the answer. And I think if you were honest this morning that whatever struggles you may have, maybe God has pricked your heart in some areas of maybe some things that you've been lacking in, prayer, Bible study, church attendance, you know, all those things, you know, result in things. So I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get you to understand, Jesus is the answer, amen? Hey, listen, he's either, he's either real to you this morning or he's not, amen? And I just don't see how anybody could say, Jesus is real to me and leave here the same way you came in, amen? I believe that with all my heart. Hey, listen, Jesus changes lives and Jesus is still changing lives. He's still, hey, he's still working on you, believer. I don't care if you've been saved longer than I've been alive. Jesus has still got work to do on you. <laughs> Amen. Jesus is real. He's the word of life. He's the answer to everything we're going through today. So I'm going to ask you, if you will, to stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And Brother Brad's going to begin to play something for us for our invitation. The invitation's open even right now. You can stand.